0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2016. So we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm joined by Motley Fool Analyst and Fool Canada Head, Taylor Markman. What's going on, Taylor? Just enjoying some iced coffee on a hot day. I was about to say, I was like, oh, you're fancying it up there hot with your iced coffee. Oh, yeah. You know, there's um there's a time and a place for decaf coffee, and it is never and in the <laughs> trash.
1: I thought you were just going to say before noon, but okay. No, no it is definitely yeah, not. Yeah, no. I I uh,
0: I think uh, it's on American to drink decaf. I think you're a monster. I,
1: well, I'm ahead of Canada,
0: so Oh god, here we go. Uh, you
1: Jeez. know, maybe we don't need as much caffeine up there.
0: Uh when was you la- when was the last time you visited Canada? Uh
1: I went up there Halloween of last year for a money show event. That could be fun. It was good. I went to a Maple Leafs hockey game.
0: Oh boy! Did they dress up like we do?
1: Uh, the crowd was all in costume. Yes. Oh my awesome. gosh, That's awesome. A lot awesome. of a lot of a uh, lot of Wayne and Garths dressed up as <gasps> hockey players, and uh, <gasps> a totally different atmosphere. Though they take hockey very seriously up there. So party Ontario, rather than like the raucous caps atmosphere. Everyone is there, like aggressively criticizing. The play, rather than just like cheering for goals and. Why big hits. is
0: there a lot of hockey stuff in Wayne's World? Is it just because Mike Myers is Canadian or what?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Just he Game on. There? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Um was the last time he had a good movie?
1: Uh. I, off the top of my head, it is one probably an Austin the Powers? The first Austin flick. Powers, because yeah. the third
0: one was terrible. Anyway, okay, all right. We swear we're going to talk about energy <laughs> and materials and industrials at some point. Um, before we dive into what amounts to basically an Elon Musk day, yeah, um, We do need to talk about OPEC really quick again. Um, you sent this article over to me from the Wall Street Journal. Um, basically, Saudi Arabia is cutting prices for its customers in Europe and along the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't get confused though, because it's actually not by a lot, or it could be a lot depending on who you talk to. Well,
1: if you're talking about the eight hundred thousand barrels a day that they ship there, thirty-five cents a barrel—it's a lot of yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: But uh, basically, so there's uh, cutting prices by thirty-five cents per barrel to Europe and ten percent, ten cents per barrel uh, elsewhere on the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. Um, And they basically did this right after that OPEC meeting where Iran was like, "Yeah, no, we're not cutting. We want to increase our own production a lot."
1: Pretty much, yeah. So. Um, they've cut prices once last year as well, and that was mostly to Asia. Yeah, if that, yeah. Serves. So they're they're um, thinking about, or they are going to hike prices a little bit to Asia, cutting prices to Europe. Um, and I think in large part that's because right now Iran is shipping about four hundred thousand barrels a day to to Europe. Their target is around seven hundred thousand barrels a day by the end of the year. Um, whereas Saudi Arabia shipped eight hundred thousand barrels a day last year on average to Europe. So. Um, they're probably nervous a little bit that if Iran does get that three hundred thousand barrel increase that they're looking for, where's that going to come from? Is it yeah. coming from the Saudi Arabia supply or somewhere else? So Saudi Arabia is trying to go ahead and nip that in the bud before it actually comes to ha- comes to a head.
0: Well, and this lends credence to that. Um, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, but the theory you know of a year and a half ago that Saudi Arabia. I mean, it was. I'm sure they're not upset mm-hmm. that. U.S. shales hurting, but we weren't the actual target. It was Iran and Russia, with their refusal to cut production.
1: That could certainly be so. You just start to see the geopolitical power of, of oil in instances like this. Obviously, Saudi Arabia. Being predominantly Sunni and Iran, Sunni Shia. Being Shia and, uh, bottom
0: line: Saudi Arabia and Iran hate each other. Yeah, th-
1: this is <laughs> the still waters run deep here. Um, yeah. this isn't something that is strictly oil based. So, uh, Iran thinks they have the upper hand because they they believe their government is less reliant on oil revenue um, than Saudi Arabia. Um, it's no secret that Saudi Arabia is trying to reduce their reliance on that um, through some. Because what was, was Iran
0: producing before the embargoes of the um, early 2010s? It was like three million barrels. Yeah, it a day was. Or it was a right? pretty
1: substantial amount. Um, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but right. uh, it was. In it, the it's millions, meaningful. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's meaningful. It was one of the larger producers in the world, and uh, and so when you see them not nearly as worried about their budgets being reliant on oil, th- they think that they can live in a low oil price environment longer. A because they haven't had oil exports in some years, and B, they're because of that, they, they had to reduce their reliance on oil revenue. Um, and then Saudi Arabia talking about the possible IPO of a portion of Saudi Aramco. They're really banking on that That's billions, so funny, of billions possible trillions of dollars from that. Um, and so, if I, Iran can keep oil prices low up until that date, Aramco might not be worth as much, yeah. and either Saudi Arabia will have to postpone the IPO, or just um take a lower price and suck it up
0: <sighs> anyway <laughs> why can't we all just get along
1: oil is not strictly supply and demand it is
0: not strictly economics and yes. that's the bottom line here Absolutely. it is political it is nation statey it is yeah anyway. and you're seeing
1: canada production hurt from the wildfires you're seeing libya and nigeria production being hurt um, due to insurgency and and, and theft and uh yeah, general unrest which is is a common theme in the Middle East over the last 5 to 10 years, if not forever.
0: Well, that's what was amazing to me last year in the spring when oil, you know, went down to $27 a barrel, it was pricing in no unrest, no yeah. trouble on planet Earth at all. At all. I yeah, anyway Uh, Moving on uh, to our first Elon Musk based story, Um, China has uh, rolled out via its Quinto Motors, and I totally butchered that, and I'm very sorry, but it's Q U I N T O, Quinto, Quinto, I don't know. Um, But uh, they came out with their own Tesla type car. Mm -hmm. It's a $106,000 K50 is the model name. And it is built out of carbon fiber for its body, and it has an aluminum frame. So I, that sounds fast to me. It sounds fast and light, and strong. Um,
1: Tesla not a carbon fiber body, but an aluminum frame, just like that. Um, this is one of the reasons why Tesla didn't originally sell in China because they didn't want all this the copycats yeah. to come right out. I mean, China's no; they're not a, they're not shy about it. Um, we saw a couple weeks ago. Uh, apparel company by the name of Uncle Martian came out with a <laughs> nearly identical logo to Under Armour, a nearly identical product lineup. Well, it's like uh, that fake Apple store that was Yeah, in yeah China. absolutely. So, you're seeing this in all industries. You're seeing it in in the defense industry, the automotive industry, the apparel industry.
0: Um, what is not cheap about this car, though, is the price tag. Yeah,
1: hundred, what you say, hundred and six. Yeah, yeah hundred and
0: six thousand dollars. And it's ironic to me because uh, the I saw this article right after I saw that Tesla was coming out with some slightly cheaper models of the Model S, mm-hmm. um, and it's the Model S sixty and the S sixty D, and those start at sixty six grand. Yeah, um, w- and I don't want to throw that around like we can all afford it or anything, yeah. but. Sixty-six versus one. It's five
1: figures versus six right. figures, Bottom and um, it, that's kind of the sweet spot right there in the middle of the new Model Three, which is going to be right around thirty-five, and the 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 creme de la creme Model S, which is over a hundred thousand um, dollars. This is the this is their model. They they had the the coupe that they sold for well over a hundred thousand dollars. Then they came out with the Model S. Then they came Big out with hit. the SUV. Then yep. they're coming out with the Model Three. Already, the prototypes out there, um, over 140,000, over 400,000 pre orders, um, which is well above their ability to produce an annual amount of cars, though they're shooting for 500,000 per year by 2018, brought forward from 2020. So they're feeling it right now. They're in the groove. And I I don't think that um, a copycat is going to come along and just be able to. To catch stride. I think it's going to take you. Uh, a...
0: you sound almost as bullish as our next little story that we've got to talk about, which is um, billionaire hedge fund manager Ron Barron coming mm-hmm. out yep. and uh, on CNBC saying, quote unquote, he is so excited uh, about Tesla, he thinks it's going to be worth in 10 or 20 years $700 billion. So it'll be apple sized.
1: Well, I mean, did you watch the interview? I did not, I, I did read the article. Um, I mean. He manages.
0: So here's a little bit of background. Mr. Yeah. Barron uh, manages $26 billion. He himself is worth 2 He also happens to have a lovely $100 million home in uh, the Hamptons. Um, in the interview on CNBC, he says he actually visits uh, Tesla's factory yep. like once every three months and he talks about how efficient they're getting and how good they're getting and all this stuff. Um, part of his major bull case was he thinks they can sell just as much in uh, batteries as they will in cars. To other yeah, he companies. did say that and, out of their
1: gigafactory, um, yeah. five billion dollar mega battery factory. It's a partnership with Panasonic, um, and that's that's just one other reason to believe in this company. That the factory. <laughs> I wanna say it's either officially open or the official open of it is pretty soon My
0: understanding is it's like a fourth open. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> the official, like
1: not the not a hundred percent capacity, but yeah, it's yeah. It's it's not a joke anymore.
0: Well, in the bottom line in the, in the end of the conversation and going back to the, the uh Quinto Motors K fifty, um Barron said that Musk is he's betting on Musk and the sixteen thousand employees yeah. at Tesla's what, what he, he said. said he's yeah, like, yeah. Not but only a
1: Musk, but his hiring practices
0: and just yeah. they're all awesome and he just Said Musk is too far ag- far ahead. Competitors could have caught him five or six years ago, but he is too far ahead now. Yep. And it actually, whenever I see a competitor come out with another you know electric car that looks kind of like Tesla, and I looked at the K fifty and it's actually a very sleek looking car. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'm like, where are you going to get all your batteries?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they do produce some batteries in China. I know, but.
0: <laughs> um... But yeah, there's a reason Musk is building the Gigafactory, though.
1: Yeah, he wants to vertically integrate that, and with Solar City, they plan on using those batteries to harness solar power, store solar power, which has been the big the big holdup for um, residential use and and also commercial use because once it's created, if it's not used, it dissipates um, for the most part. Yeah. So once you can store it consistently and efficiently, you know he's got a pretty well-rounded. Core of companies there with Tesla, a battery factory, Solar City. Yeah. And uh, this Barron guy, Ron Barron, he's. Apparently, about a three hundred million dollar stake. Yeah, Thinks he's it could only be allowed, six to seven billion. He said he's
0: no—he's only allowed to go up to one and a half percent of assets for any individual investment. Because he said he would like to do more. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. um, pretty good, little mandate. But he said he's like, yeah, I, I think we'll make about six or seven billion dollars yeah. on this. And I'm like, oh my that's, god,
1: that's in uh, the next ten to twenty years. Yeah. so That's a pretty pretty he's, good. He's he's a big.
0: I mean, he's very much like a Buffett type long-term investor. Like he's owned um, Under Armour, made a ton of money on yeah. that company for like I think he's owned them since the early two thousands mm-hmm. or something. Um it the, his bull thesis seems to imply a lot of optionality which um it kind of reminded me of how um uh David Gardner full co-founder and uh chief rule breaker David Gardner thinks about things. He likes companies with optionality that can do other things they yeah. are just committed to one set, you know, mm-hmm. uh product and um yeah, I don't know Tesla, you know, starts doing the battery thing or they start, you know, making electric buses and giving them to cities or something crazy like that. Um well, they're
1: not going to give them
0: to cities. Well, no, they'll We'll they'll charge. they will definitely mic. market it. Yeah, fine. Um, moving on to uh, Musk's other pet project that is not public. Although, yeah, just, just no small, no small, no uh, small feat over here. Not a big deal. No. Um, did you see his tweet the other day after I did not. he met... I do follow him, but yeah, I, I don't know what you're referencing. I, Elon Musk, if you're listening, I did tweet or uh, reply to your tweet, and uh,
1: oh, about his retweet of a fool article. You, no,
0: I, I, I love, I hearted that or yeah, whatever you yeah, call yeah, it on you Twitter. Liked it, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a really good article Mm -hmm. by um, Evan New. But um, no, uh, Elon Musk met with uh, the Pentagon like a week ago or this week. Right, right. He met with
1: the head the head of defense. Yeah, Yeah,
0: and it was just about security, supposedly, or something. But um, he made an Iron Man joke. (laughs) <laughs> why not? He, why I mean, not? The, well, the no, the was... was
1: loosely based on him. Like, well, yeah, he he got and called into like, well, kinda... and he was
0: an Iron Man too. But um, yeah. the there was this article that came out, and it was just like, um, what was Elon Musk talking to the Pentagon about? And it was a question mark. Yeah. And then Musk tweeted the article and just said something about a giant metal suit. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I was just like, you know, why I see not? what you, you did have there. Some fun with it. Well, yeah, I said, I see what you did there. haha, ha, Hashtag real Tony Stark or something.
1: Well, they're trying to bring more technology into the defense sector, and when you think about it, if you're SpaceX or if you're Elon Musk, um, it's a big customer. That's not the worst thing in the world when you look at how the defense budgets have affected the likes of Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, um, and the list goes on. And you see SpaceX stealing contracts, splitting contracts now with Boeing and their United. uh, What is it? Their ULA, the uh, United Launch Alliance, that they have with Lockheed Martin.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so they're already, you know, starting to pimp some contracts, uh, that several hundred million dollars up to billions of dollars, um, and they seem to be ahead of schedule compared to Boeing on on some things. So, if they can if they can make some serious inroads into the the space budgets of our of the Air Force, who they've been working with pretty consistently lately. Um, Watch out! This could be a massive privately held company.
0: Yeah. So, um, really, the question for the segment that I wanted to ask is: Would you buy into a SpaceX IPO? And without looking and using the internet or anything, immediately I'm just like, well, no, because I saw on CNBC when, um, God, was it SpaceX had its IPO, or I'm sorry, not SpaceX, Tesla had its IPO, or was it just a secondary offering? But I saw an interview with Mr. Musk on CNBC. And he said that we aren't IPOing SpaceX because Wall Street is very short-term focused. Yeah, you know quarterly earnings and stuff. And this is a multi-decade thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he needed to go public with Solar City and Tesla in order to fund this this whole. Because you're not going to get government funding for automobiles or solar. You're going to get subsidies, but he's getting revenue from the government. Well, yeah,
0: and not only that, but during the financial crisis, um NASA saved SpaceX. Like it was like the last hour he couldn't make payroll yeah, and NASA Christmas. called and Yeah, yeah and, like yeah. He, they're like, yeah, we're going to give you a billion dollars yeah. and he's like, I love you all. He was <laughs> he had a
1: couple failed launches in the in the South Pacific, um at some like secret test facility and Right. Yeah, they were running dry. I have one of those too. I have a secret. Yeah, a secret test facility. Um, pretty interesting story though, how it all came together, and it just shows you the resolve. Well, of Yalmas, it was a- He was putting his own capital up, fundraising, paying paychecks out of his own pocket to his yeah. employees, and then yeah, he got a couple contracts at the eleventh hour.
0: Well, and it. And this is the reason I was bullish. So I learned this after only Googling, because at first glance you're like, well, I don't want to own thing something for thirty years that may or may not pay off, and we're just spending all this money to go to Mars. Like, what's yeah. going on here? But um, they are they currently have. I mean, this is a revenue generating business already. They the have Mars work-
1: thing is the end goal, but he's right. making. Money now right. shipping and items awesome. and people to space. He's
0: got um, a 1.6 billion dollar contract with NASA to supply the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. That's just fine. Yeah. Um, they uh, just raised a billion dollars from Google and Fidelity. Um, fun fact: If you want to invest in SpaceX, those are the only two ways that I could find to do it. Um, Google, which mm. I mean, it's got so much. You other invest stuff. in everything with you but, invest in um, Google. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you invest in the future of mankind. It, yeah.
1: Probably. Literally, yeah. That, when people when people ask me. Me how I'm gonna feel when I'm 80? I'm like I don't know. Google's gonna fix my body
0: before I'm 80, so right, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. And then Fidelity actually dropped their small investment. It was only it was in the millions. It wasn't you know huge, yeah. but um, they dropped it to a few of their funds, and it's like a fraction of a percent. So yeah. I don't think you know this is the way to do it. But that was interesting to me. But um, he's talking about launching hundreds of little satellites to provide internet to everybody, which is of course why Google invested. Yep. And he thinks that would cost 10 billion. Um. Do you think this is is it like buying stock in the Mayflower 400 years ago like I don't even <laughs> like what is this? <laughs> if I didn't have to deal with all the IPO shenanigans of like
1: Wall Street pricing and yeah. early investors and everything, I would if it was in a vacuum, I would absolutely right. invest. Cuz in it's SpaceX.
0: currently valued at 12 billion. So you think the discounted future cash flows of SpaceX are worth more than 12 billion? Yeah. To get in finance speak.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I don't have my Ten tab spreadsheet in front of me, calculating the
0: get to, get to work on that. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, but just the simple fact that they've already, you know, gotten so many big contracts from the U.S. government, um, and they they're, they're they're set, set to landings. they're set to reuse. Yeah, if you haven't seen a video of them it is landing, so cool. Have rocket, you seen the speed up one? Yeah, it's it's, it's so out of control. Cool. If you haven't seen a video of them landing the Falcon Nine rocket on a on a barge in the middle of the ocean after re-entering orbit. What's up, Perfectly with the little, standing straight up and down? You
0: see, because it's really funny because it lands and then those little booster things at the top like shoot off the sides, yeah. just like as a finale. Yeah, it's just like, like it's like, did you do that as a firework, firework thing? Yeah. Like, what
1: do you, <laughs> and they have, they have cameras on it on all, on different parts of it so you can see it from different angles. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive when you look at, um, Jeff Bezos and his blue blue orchid blue, blue orbit blue origin. Did you call it blue orchid? Yeah, I like blue it. Yeah. blue origin. Um, I know what I'm calling. my He SpaceX didn't go startup. nearly as high or or go off trajectory nearly as much. They did land the rocket first, but Elon Musk's has been much more technically difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because
0: Bezos didn't go up. I mean, nearly no, as far or anything. No, not even close. It, yeah. it could
1: never. In its state, have delivered any payload to the space station, carried right. any humans. Yeah. Um. One day, I don't doubt it. but right. In the current state, it's the simple fact that he got it done first shouldn't detract from the fact that Elon Musk has now done it multiple times with the much more, te- much more technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. I don't even understand, but I know that it is just based on what I've read.
0: Did you see what Bezos tweeted after Musk stuck the first landing on the Falcon 9? I did
1: not. He's like, "Welcome to the club." Or Welcome, something. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: well, it's the new billionaire playground.
0: Space. Space. The final frontier. So,
1: yeah, Bezos believes that we're going to move heavy industry into space because solar power is so much more, it, the solar energy is so much more powerful. Obviously, you're closer to the sun, you don't have ozone layer to, to deal with. Um, and then the U.S. will just be residential and light industry. Uh, or not the U.S., but the uh, the the Earth. Yeah, yeah, the Earth. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so for investors, if you want to get in on any of this, it seems like really the only option you have is Tesla. Yeah, and you see, I don't in on the Musk. I don't, I don't know
1: like the exact web, but I do know that um, in the early days of all three of these companies, they each helped finance each other in certain ways. Um, so I'm, not, I don't know if either space or Tesla or Solar City. Owns shares or debt of Solar of SpaceX, mm-hmm. but um, well, I know Tesla that SpaceX has d- has given money to Solar City yeah. in in the form of debt, um, which the government was like, we don't know if we want <laughs> our our money going to Solar City, but they can't say anything, they can't right. regulate that, um, so they are still kind of tied together. Not just the fact that Musk is CEO or chairman right. of, of
0: all of them. Cool. All right, well uh, that's it for the Musk day. Have a good one, Taylor. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. That is it for us folks and if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about and the Motley Fool may have full more recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything and based solely on what you hear in this program. For Taylor Muckerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and fool on.